0: Do you obsess about how life would be if you just lost or had a perfect body? Most women have difficulty accepting their bodies, but they also struggle to exercise and follow a strict diet. Would you like to learn how to enjoy the pleasure of eating without guilt and learn a faultless, sustainable system for living while enjoying your best life? Then this episode is for you. Give us thumbs up if you are interested in this topic. (laughs) Welcome to Happy and Healthy Mind. My name is Dr. Rosina, and over the last 20 years, I have been serving as a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry, a best-selling author, and a transformative speaker. I believe our mind is the software that runs the hardware of our brain and our body. Therefore, I share practical tips for mental fitness so you can live your best life without burnout and unnecessary suffering. Please consult your healthcare professional for any healthcare advice. But if you find this content helpful, then join our mission of eradicating preventable sufferings and suicides by liking, subscribing, and sharing so more people can live their best life with health and happiness. And today, our guest is Anne Poirier, the leader of the Body Joyful Revolution community. Having overcome her own eating, food, weight, and body image challenges, and drawing upon close to four decades of experience, Anne Poirier put pen to paper and wrote the book, The Body Joyful, My Journey from Self-Loathing to Self-Acceptance, to share her highly personal and life-changing journey. She's a BS in exercise science, certified eating disorder specialist, and intuitive eating counselor. So let's learn from her. Thank you so much, Annie, for
1: joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. I am, okay. I am excited to be here. So can you share
0: your story? How did you become interested in this
1: topic? Well, I growing up, I did not like my body at all. Um mm-hmm. I had messages very early on that were just subtle messages around me that I wasn't the right size, that I wasn't uh, I didn't look like my friends, I didn't look like other kids. And so my first diet, came in junior high just as I first started junior high and had to change my clothes in gym class Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) and put on the gym uniform in those days. Uh, That was horrifying. And I just found myself in my brain the whole time degrading myself and really realizing that I I don't look right, that I need to do something, you know, and there must be a way to lose weight. And uh, so I was obsessed with trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And my, my very first diet was uh, set me up and, and brought me right into uh, an eating disorder. And at 12 years old, I had anorexia nervosa and was oh. actually hospitalized for, oh. for a couple of months with that. So that's where this whole journey and lifetime really of dieting and restricting, over-exercising, negative self-talk, you know, started and then just continued because I, I learned it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. very early age. So it gets ingrained in the body unconsciously.
1: Exactly. It gets, I, get, I call then, it getting rooted, you know, it gets rooted uh-huh. into our, uh-huh. into our brain and then right. it's automatic. Our, uh-huh. our thoughts are automatic then right, at that point.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And so what problems that caused you until you started uh,
1: developing some of the tools that, that you're going to share today? I think the biggest things that were really hard for me were I just, my brain was always, always consumed with how many calories did I eat? How many calories did I burn off? I wasn't engaged in life. Um, One of my biggest regrets, I would say, would be missing a lot of my children's, the little things, right? Because I was always obsessed about what I was doing next or what I was eating. And so missing out on life events is a huge part of, of this kind of a disorder where your brain, Mm -hmm. I think about 90% of my brain was taken up within Mm -hmm. myself over food Mm -hmm. and eating and what I looked like and Mm -hmm. trying to change my body Mm -hmm. to look a way that I thought it was supposed to look.
0: Uh Uh So you could not enjoy life. No. You could not uh, be the best you could be at home or work. It, it robbed you. It costed you yes. uh, your happiness. And we'll go into the practical tips in a few minutes. Tell me
1: how life is different once you apply these tools in your life. Everything has changed now. And it really was when I went back to school for my eating disorder specialist, <laughs> I realized, oh my goodness, why didn't somebody tell me these things before? Why didn't I Uh understand or learn about these things before? And I was actually quite angry that Uh no one had ever talked about it. All I could see Uh was what was in front of me is that you were supposed to look this way and you're supposed to act this Uh way. And if you look this way, then everything will be fine. If you lost the weight, Uh you'll be happy, right? So Uh now that I'm using uh, a series of different tools, life is so much happier I step uh-huh. into things. I allow myself uh-huh. to say yes to things that I would never have said yes to before. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and I'm living in the moment, right? I, I can actually enjoy moments now, uh-huh. whereas uh-huh. I missed out on a lot of those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, uh-huh. for way too many years, way too many years. Well, wonderful. Yeah. And so let's help our audience and see
0: what practical tips you can share in this short time that people can apply in your in their life right away.
1: Sure. I I talk about five different steps in kind of this process. And the very first one is shifting our, our mindset and our self-talk. You know, how do we start to be more compassionate to ourselves? How can we notice our inner critic, our inner, I call it a mini-me. So how can we notice our mini-me? And then how can we strengthen our more compassionate, stronger, kinder, Maximi. So, understanding that we can step into changing our self-talk. So mm-hmm. that's that's one part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, another big part is is tuning into ourselves for what we what we need as individuals for food and eating, as opposed to looking externally for the next diet that's going to quote unquote fix you. And that's where I came into intuitive eating. And so, intuitive eating was developed by. Evelyn Tribole and Elise Riche back in the 90s about tuning into our own bodies, noticing our own hunger, noticing our own fullness, and really tuning inward to do what's right for us as individuals, because we all are individuals, mm-hmm. as opposed to all of us trying to find and follow a specific diet plan nice. that is you know, supposed to make us, change us or make us different.
0: That's why, like, you know, not every diet worked for everybody. Like, you know, for one person, one thing really, really works well, and the same thing doesn't work for another person. Mm -hmm. Um, They talk about this... Intermittent fasting or um, working for many people, but then you know it does never works for me because <laughs> I start having heartburn, and so yeah, everything does not work for everybody. So the first one was uh, change your mindset. Mm-hmm. The second one was uh, become intuitive about your own needs. So then
1: you eat intuitively. Yes. All right. Correct. Yes. So what's the third one? The third one is to disconnect exercise. With how it how it shapes our body or how many calories it burns. So it's I call it joyful movement. So I don't uh-huh. even use the word exercise anymore. So how can we find ways to move our bodies that are joyful and happy and we like and our bodies feel good doing them? because right, right. not everybody likes every kind of movement right, so, right you know, and if if we find something that we like, it becomes a want to do. I right. want to do that versus, I have to do, or I should do, or I right. need to do, or blah, 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 that, all yeah. that, that vocal, um, degrading talk that we tell ourselves right. I should yeah. be doing. Yeah. So that's, that's number three is this joyful movement. Joyful mm-hmm.
0: movement, instead of forceful exercise, do a joyful movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yes. great. Yeah. that's great. Yeah.
1: Or, um, that the, you know, um, heart more, uh, harder and faster and more is better. That kind of mentality that just doesn't, work for a lot of people so this joyful movement is i i think is was really a a big changing point for me
0: wonderful Mm -hmm. so first one was mindset Mm -hmm. the second one was intuitive eating Mm
1: -hmm. third one was joyful exercise or Mm -hmm. joyful Mm -hmm. movement sorry Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes yes okay what else um number four is appreciation I call it body AA, appreciation and acceptance of our bodies. Right. You know, how can we see our bodies from a different perspective, mm-hmm. right? looking at ourselves differently? And it usually starts more with just what does my body do for me? Changing our focus from the things we don't like about our body. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm sure someone in the audience has, has looked at a mirror and not liked a particular part of their body. Has anybody done that, right? Not liking <laughs> But <laughs> we look in the mirror and our eyes go directly to the spot that we hate.
0: Right.
1: And then that starts the self-talk versus how can I look in the mirror and see something that I like? And so starting to appreciate the wonderful things that our body does do for us on a daily basis and focusing our attention there and then moving into seeing our whole body in a different, in a different light, you know, yeah. shining a light on it. Yeah,
0: I know. I do this gratitude. I, I practice gratitude myself mm-hmm. for the last 16, 17 years on a daily basis. And I run a gratitude challenge. So let me also tell the audience mm-hmm. that we are going to be running a gratitude challenge uh, starting next week. So please go ahead and sign up for the gratitude challenge, drrosina.com front slash gratitude challenge. So one of the challenges that we talk about is what do you appreciate about your body? Like yes. you just said, that you know what what do you like about your body you're kind of seeing it from a different perspective in the sense that looking in the mirror and appreciating what you uh, what you like see i am a psychiatrist and i see a lot of people with depression and anxiety but a lot of people i also see are injured workers Mm -hmm. and so when they come you know their focus is their pain they're part of the body that is not working. You know, somebody's back is injured and they're wheelchair-bound or their, you know, fingers are cut or, like, you know, they're, you know, significant deficit and their whole focus goes on what is the deficiency Mm -hmm. uh, or what part of the body they're feeling the pain and they can't focus on you know anything else so when i'm at the end of my appointment i ask them to tell me three things you're most grateful for and most of the time they would identify external things but they could not find positives about their body yeah and so then i help them actually i tell them the example of one of my patients when i asked her what she's grateful for she said i'm grateful for my legs so i can go to the bathroom by myself Mm -hmm. i said what no i never thought about it like you know you take it for granted and she said i take care of people who are bedridden and so i know how important it is to be able to go to the bathroom by yourself and i appreciate my legs for that
1: yeah, that's wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. That's I think about how our senses, right? How our senses come into play with gratitude too, right? right? What we see and what we hear and what we smell and all the things that we do tend to take for granted. I love right. that example yeah. that she yeah. she sees that she has that ability. And right. that and not everybody does. Right, right, right. So, right. Mm-hmm.
0: And so like some of the, some of my patients when you know they are not able to see the positive of their body and I bring their attention to did you walk to the clinic? And they said, yes. So that means you have the legs. Uh, mm-hmm. You're able to talk to me. So that means you have the language, you know, for the for us to be able to speak. There's so many things that have to be going right, right? So your, exactly. your tongue, your mind, your, you know, uh, articulation, there's a lot of brain synapses that have to work right. Your vocal cords have to work right for you to be able to express or speak i really align with what you're saying appreciate Mm -hmm. things that are working in your body rather than things that are not working all right right, so that was the fourth one what's the fifth
1: one and the fifth one is self-care i call it self-care to stress less and taking care of ourselves so we can decrease our stress level i mean the world is in such a, a high stress mode chronic stress mode so much right now and how damaging that is for our bodies and so really understanding how to take care of yourself and that it doesn't it doesn't need an hour it doesn't need two hours five minutes we can find ways to to kind of help ourselves decrease our stress and take care of ourselves so it goes in conjunction with a lot of the other steps too how what does it look like for me to take care of myself and and right. do it. Like.
0: We talk a lot about self care in on this channel, and of course, uh, my whole book, System of Stress to Joy, talks mm-hmm. about many stress management techniques. What are your favorite techniques that you utilize for yourself and your clients?
1: Um, Well, I have an ABC, right, and uh, it usually okay. has to do with kind of, and it'll it'll probably link in with some of yours. Awareness mm-hmm. of what of when we need self-care or awareness when we are stressed out. So it's awareness of our stress. So that's a, and then B is breathe. We know that taking deep breaths can bring us into our parasympathetic. We know it can calm us down. So the second is B. And then the third is be curious. So how can we be curious about what's going on? What's happening? Do I have control over this situation? Do I not have control? If I have control, you know, what can I do right now to help me? What do I need right now? And taking those breaths to ask curious questions without judgment, without criticism, without comparison, all of those things that kind of tear mm-hmm. us down and just be curious to ask a different question and and stop and pause. What do I need? What does, and it, it's right back to that. What does my body need with food? What does my body need right now to bring me to a place where I'm not so anxious or worried or frustrated or angry, any of those emotions that come up that just heighten our stress level. Wonderful. And- yeah,
0: there's a lot of overlap with our CPR. C is for <laughs> calm down, peace for processing what is coming from outside, what you are, how you are responding and creating further stress for yourself. And R is for responding with intention or choice, Ooh. what is the best uh, option. So if somebody, let's say, if one of the audience is struggling with this body image and they really don't like the way they look, let's say tummy, they, they don't like their tummy, how how it is protruding. I'm not going to say who this person is. <laughs> But let's imagine. All right. So what would you tell that person? Uh, Number one, say, okay, change the mindset. So let's walk me through. If I am the person who is struggling with the body image, how uh, would you help me apply and shift my mindset? So I am not focused on so much on that body part, but at the same time, I do take care of my uh, good nutrition. And I do do that exercise and I do eat healthy so I can be in the best shape possible. So can you walk me through?
1: Yeah, it's finding out where people are, like you said, you know, what are their, what are their behaviors? How are they moving through their days? Are they fueling themselves? Are they moving their bodies? Are they getting oxygen? Are they connecting with other people? Um, what are they not doing? And what so is talk to me as back. if, uh, so okay. talk
0: to me as if I'm your client. Okay, and help me.
1: <laughs> okay, so what happens when you focus on what you don't like about your body?
0: I don't like it. I feel, well, I, I feel guilty. I feel guilty that I'm not doing exercise or I am not eating right. So I feel guilty. You feel
1: guilty within yourself about your about your the way you look. And so, yeah. So what, what kind of behaviors do you do that you consider healthy behaviors? In response to that? Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Well, then I would, I get motivated to go to YMCA to do my (laughs) exercise, or if I have been taking a lot of days off i kind of say okay i need to do something i need to get going and so mm. so that's kind of a healthy behavior i think when i notice that i start taking action on having more movement like i said
1: yeah and finding things that maybe you like to do yes that might be a helpful way to try to do that too when you feel bad about the way your stomach looks can you shift your focus to what your stomach does for you versus Mm. what it looks like. So I can
0: be grateful for it digesting and uh, giving me nutrition from all the food that I'm eating. Yeah, so that would make me feel good about my stomach.
1: Yes, and it's helpful. Without it, it would be difficult to digest our foods. Right. And so how can we utilize all of our body to see all of the wonderful things that it can do for us versus what it can't do?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then how do you um, talk to your body and how do you talk to your stomach? If you were angry at your stomach, how might you talk to it? And then does that feel good or does that feel not so good? Mm-hmm. Right. And how can well- it- mm-hmm. go ahead?
0: Yeah, no, no, I I, I think you helped me kind of made a little shift in my own thinking, you know, sometimes, even when you are teaching others, you could have your own blocks, and you don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And me teaching people positive thinking, cognitive, challenging, gratitude, I never thought about to be grateful for my stomach. Mm-hmm. For digesting food, so thank yes. you.
1: Yes, your stomach does all kinds of good things. So there's all <laughs> it holds all kinds of great organs in there, right? So <laughs> right. all kinds of great things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I think about how can we be have be be friends with our body, right? How can we be friends with our stomach? How can we be friends with our legs? How can we be friends with our arms? You know, or the places that we we don't like or that we've been mm-hmm. beating up, you know, mm-hmm. and start to think about them as as uh, talking to them that way too thank you for digesting my food for me today i appreciate that that was you know that's great so you didn't give me an upset stomach or you didn't you know make me feel this way or that way so it's that a kinder more compassionate voice to our bodies Mm.
0: so so one of my colleague you know usually talks to talks to her body especially like you know when her legs are hurting She would start saying, I'm sorry you are hurting, but thank you so much for holding my weight the whole day for so many years and you will get better. And so she starts talking to that part of the body. And I think that there is a wisdom on talking to your body like that. Mm. On the other hand initially when I heard it I thought it was crazy talk. Do you get
1: that? Yes.
0: Do <laughs> you get yes. that feedback? All right.
1: So it got so a lot of things think? that are crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what do you mean? So so yeah. so what how do you how do you help people overcome that feeling that it's crazy to talk to your body?
1: Yeah. And that could be journaling, right? It could be journaling things out. I always uh talk about having writing a letter to a particular body part and then oh. allowing allowing the body part to write you back. I think there's a second part to that whole exercise, right? Uh We can write to our bodies, we can write to our stomach, we can write to our legs and then read it and then allow and give permission for your stomach or your legs or that body part to write you back and say, you know, this is, so it becomes more of a understanding and a connection. So it's not so disconnected from the brain and all the patterns that we've said, this is how this is this is what I hate about this particular body part, and that's been like you' said, it's been repeated over and over and over again, right? and And I know you know how many people have had the same conversation about the same body part for years and years and years. And that's how we want to start to shift that kind mm-hmm. of perspective around that particular body part. So you
0: can have a dialogue, like there's a journaling technique that I teach people. It's called self dialogue, where uh, there's a discussion between uh, you and someone you care about. So like sometimes I write the dialogue between the doctor and patient, when I'm the patient, I'm the doctor. And I kind of go back and forth to come to resolve, like, you know, what is the issue? What are the options? What is the action plan? Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: um, so that's, uh, I call that self dialogue journal in my system. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we can have a dialogue between you, your brain and your leg, or your brain and your stomach. You're writing. You are both. You know, you mm-hmm. yourself is as your brain and your leg. But then, as you're writing the dialogue, you can understand the relationship right. that has been developed. And and like you said, if you identify negative uh, or or male-adaptive, not negative, you know, male-adaptive behavior, you can change it to more adaptive behavior.
1: Right, things and that support. Help change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
0: there's so much to talk about. I would like, I'd love to continue to talk, but I am aware of the time passing. So let's wrap up a little bit over here and then give people some resources so they can read or listen to you more. Oh, well, first, let me let me share with them that your book just came out in October. Yes, October 5th so um, the body joyful the body joyful my journey from self-loathing to self-acceptance it just came out in october it is available on amazon so anybody who wants to read a little more please go ahead and get her book and uh, hear her story in more detail mm-hmm. and then she's been very gracious thank you and uh, for sharing the gift of the five secrets to food freedom and body confidence mm-hmm. People can get this by going to our website, the thehappyandhealthymind.com. And if you look for the resources, you'd be able to get the link. And so can you kind of summarize your message for us today in terms of what what kind of problems people can get if they don't develop this friendship with their body, if they don't develop this mindset and intuitive eating and joyful exercise and being grateful for what is working and instead of what is not working. What mm-hmm. kind of problems people could have if you can summarize in a line or two?
1: Yeah, I think that you meet, you miss out on so many memories and experiences. You don't go to weddings, you don't go to parties, you step away from being in pictures with people because you don't want to be on in a picture. You spend so much time in your head you kind of like you had said earlier you miss out on life mm-hmm. and there's there's so much less joy because you're always worried about what other people are thinking about you or how you look or what's what you're eating or what you're not eating or what you should be doing or what you sh- you know shouldn't be doing and mm-hmm. all of those things your mind is just too occupied to actually enjoy mm-hmm. living the life that you're meant to live which mm-hmm. means you don't you're you're not available to to step into what you're here for
0: right. i think
1: about you know the gifts and you're bringing your best life is yeah. sharing your gifts and sharing your talents and if you don't believe in yourself you don't step out to share those right. gifts
0: and and then the flip side if people do adopt these techniques then they may be able to go into that connection with their life and so yeah. so what would be the benefit of living an intuitive eating and uh joyful exercise joyful
1: moment life yeah well it's you get to eat food and enjoy food (laughs) and there's no shame or guilt there's not that shame guilt cycle you enjoy movement you move in ways that your body feels good there's less pain right because you're moving your body and there's Mm -hmm. less there's less negativity well or just Negative self talk within yourself so that you will step into saying yes to some of the great memories that you may not have said yes to. So it is Wonderful. that joy and authenticity and just living your life. So,
0: so, so, what would be your uh, take home message for the audience today?
1: There's hope, there's hope and healing possible. And it's just making a decision and know that you have choices to do that. And there are ways. Many, many ways, lots of ways, to step out of where you are struggling right now, to feel more joy and feel better in your body. That's. Oh, thank you. yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you so much. That's a profound yeah. message, and uh, uh, people can also um, reach you at shapingperspectives.com. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you spell it for people who are just listening to the program?
1: Sure. It's S-H-A-P-I-N-G, shaping, perspectives, P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E-S.com. Wonderful.
0: Thank you so much. And so that brings us to the special of the day. And today we are going to do a little special, different special in the sense that I received this question on how to use inositol for anxiety. And so we are going to address that question today. So recently, this friend of mine, she asked me if there is a natural way she can uh, deal with her anxiety now a lot of people who have severe anxiety they end up seeing a psychiatrist or psychologist but people who have like you know mild to moderate anxiety they are functioning they don't want to go to see a psychologist uh, like you know a psychiatrist or a psychologist but they want to take some steps to get better so they are kind of interested in some natural remedies so my friend she is she's functional she otherwise uh, you know Uh, Does well, but this mild to moderate anxiety prevents her from being her best, you know. So she's always anxious inside before the performance at this at work presentations, uh, when she's going to places and she's always worried inside. It is preventing her from living her best life. So I gave her some certain suggestions. And so one of the suggestions was using inositol in addition to L-theanine. And so she she asked me how to use it. And so I, I shared with her how I share with my patients and, uh, and, and what helps people. So would you like me to share with you?
1: Mm-hmm
0: if you are having anxiety so let me just first define what anxiety is anxiety is feeling of a nervousness that uneasy tension body becomes tight or muscles become tight or you're having palpitations some people have panic attacks some people start worrying too much and so there's this continuum of anxiety when it becomes like uh, mild anxiety is normal okay so before before an interview before we start this program i have mild anxiety right so that is normal because then it prepares you to be to perform the best but when the anxiety increases to the point where it starts affecting your functioning it becomes dysfunctional anxiety That's when it becomes a problem. So then we call it anxiety disorder. All right. So, and it's different from stress because stress is kind of stress reaction. And it also has some similarity with anxiety, but um, there is a difference in severity and presentation so there are many ways to deal with anxiety of course very very severe anxiety we have medications but for mild to moderate anxiety we can address it at three different levels one is mind body and lifestyle Okay. So we don't have time to go into the detail of everything. And in this series, I'm covering different techniques that people can use. So today I'm going to focus on just one of those, which is a green pharmacy or a, a natural supplement that you can use to decrease your anxiety called inositol. And so inositol is one of the very commonly, very effective, uh, commonly used, very effective tool for anxiety uh, from the body perspective. So the question is, how does it help? So it decreases the body's reactivity which you know uh, which people feel in terms of body anxiety when heart heart is beating too fast your body is tense or you're getting the panic attack uh, how to uh, how to use it so it is available in many different uh, forms you know the capsules the tablets the powder the best uh, form that i recommend to people is in powder form so you can get the powder and then every morning in a glass of eight ounce you can put um the small amount of uh, inositol you start with three grams a day three grams is maybe quarter of a teaspoon look at the measure on the bottle and so you start with the three grams in a glass of water in the morning or sip it through the day and after one week you can go to four grams and after one week you can go to five grams so maximum um, i recommend to go up to 10 grams or the dose which starts giving you diarrhea so let's say if you start having diarrhea at nine grams then stay on eight grams take that powder in the water every morning and what patients tell me that their overall anxiety has gone down the number of panic attacks have gone down and they are tolerating pretty well except the diarrhea at the higher dose most people tolerate it pretty well people have you know shown to have some mood stabilization so their mood is not fluctuating as much and they feel calmer the second question that comes up is like how long to take it and meant to stop and so any of these uh things you want to try it only maybe three months at a time it is it is a very tolerable medication so if needed be it can be continued but I advise people to try it for three months develop your mind techniques and lifestyle changes so that your anxiety goes down and then you can try to go off. And if you're able to go off, then you go off. The second question is like, you know, can you combine it with other medication? Yes, if you're taking medication for anxiety, you can combine it. Uh, We frequently combine it with L-theanine, which is another herb that we use, not herb, but uh, it's an amino acid that we use that could be combined together. So you can use the inositol on a regular basis and then L-theanine as needed. And then uh, when to seek treatment? so know that these treatment recommendations are only for mild to moderate anxiety so if you are having continuous anxiety if the treatment is not working if you are having side effect it's very important to seek treatment and you want to seek treatment from either an integrative psychiatrist like me or a naturopath who can explain to you um, use of natural remedies if that's what direction you want to go but you don't want to just continue to suffer yourself there's a lot of help available where to order so it is available at many stores one of the problems happening with the green pharmacy is because there's so many companies producing so many types and there's no FDA you know uh, oversight uh, we don't know pe- what people are getting in the mm. in the general retail store so there are third party tested practitioner level pharmacies that doctors partner with so I can add the link in the description where people can order from one of the third party pharmacy that we can get the products kind of more reliable because that has been tested by the third party i hope this information helps uh, people out there who have anxiety and if you have any further questions please send us those questions and we'll try to answer in these programs But just remember, these are not treatment recommendations. These are just suggestions. And always seek out your healthcare professional for specific treatment advice. Thank you so much for your time, Annie. Thank you for joining us today. Let me leave people with this question. What you also pose that today is the first day of the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and you have a choice. What are you going to choose? Are you going to continue to suffer for whatever reason or thoughts that have been making you suffer, or you're going to take steps, learn some new tools, and improve your mental health and well-being and live your best life? Remember, every day is a new day, new opportunity to make new choices. Keep making new choices. Stay safe and healthy. Till next time, Dr. Rosina.